<laughs> Welcome again to another episode of Cheap Seat Reviews. Uh, this is Cheap Seat Reviews, where we watch movies and uh, we talk about them. It's the, the, the podcast where we watch movies that go bump in the night. Uh, so this is episode two, and we're going to be talking about Olympus Has Fallen. I am your uh, your host tonight, uh, Sean Allred. Uh, along with me is Sam Sparkplug Vector. <laughs> we also have with us, uh, crap, I always forget to write these down, but I, I, I think of them earlier. Uh, 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 Chad, Gerard Butler looks awesome in this movie, Evans. That's right. Okay. And Corny, yes, they made the president black, Again. Logan. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even think about that, but now that you said it, <laughs> game on. So, well, yeah, Olympus Has Fallen. Um, this is the 2013 movie that came out just uh, well, this, this year, or this last year, I guess. Yeah, it is, 2014. When we record this, it is 2014, and you will listen to it in 2014, obviously, hopefully. Um, uh, the first thing that comes to mind, and, and everyone, I think, will, will agree with me, this is Die Hard at the White House. Oh, yeah. Um, and we'll, we're going to get more into that, what I mean really by that, um, uh, a little bit later. Uh, the, the first thing that, that I just want to have to say about this movie, I genuinely like this movie. <laughs> I have a good time with it. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it, to me, it screams 1990s action flick. Yeah. yeah. I could watch. And the good stuff. The good 90s action flicks. Yeah, to me, this is like. Now, you might give me some grade for this, but this is like Speed, because I thought Speed 1, not 2, 2 was terrible. Uh, Speed 1 was a good action flick. The Rock, um, uh, any pretty much other Bruckheimer joint um, in the 90s. Those those great, fun action flicks where stuff blows up and there's a huge body count and your actor is is forced to, to, you know, do what Die Hard does, you know, just... It, it just go against the odds, and it. I have a ball with this movie. <laughs> um, uh, Sam, I think you're kind of on the same page with me, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I enjoyed it immensely. It's, you know, you go to some movies for the roller coaster ride, and, and this certainly was. Um, from the setup to the uh, to the escalating danger slash odds slash uh, world tell me the odds. ending. <laughs> you know, to uh, you know, to just some great fights and uh, just about every gun you could think of, I think, was used in this movie, um, mainly by the bad guys. Uh, the good right. guys seem to only have uh, handguns, but uh, um, I tell you, it was I had a blast. I, I've seen it twice already, and, and this this might be one of those movies. If it's ever on TV, it's one of those where I have to stop and watch it um, because it's just it's so much fun. It. You, you kind of feel for the character uh, of the of Gerard Butler, um, and uh, you want him to win, a la Bruce Willis in Die Hard. You know, here the odds are against him. He's by himself. Yeah. He, well, well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make that parallel okay. here in a minute, Corny. Okay. I want your your initial thoughts. Uh, same thing because I love Die Hard, and the moment that I that, that clicked for me that this is Die Hard, you know, White House, and I I just fell in love with it. I will watch this movie. Uh, it's probably moved up to my top ten now. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. wow. That's, that's that's actually saying something. 
Uh, and you mean top ten like ever? You mean not uh, like ever. 2013? Oh, yeah. But like top ten wow. movies of all time. Wow, very cool. I would, I would never have said that, but um, I, I would probably put this in my top ten Gerard Butler list. <laughs> Has I, he made ten? I, I think maybe he's made ten. I've probably yeah. only seen about six, but um, though my favorite would have to be How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, Chad, what do you think? Uh, kind of a. It is in my top ten as a of Gerard Butler. T- Butler, uh, right? <laughs> right. Had that qualifier, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd throw that in there, but I don't. I don't know. I just kind of. I've, I found it really difficult to kind of get into it. Like I, it was difficult for me to wrap my brain around the the fiction part because I mean there were just so many uh, cliches and and just so many things that I don't that was just not. I, I just qu- couldn't believe that was actually going to happen or was really happening. I couldn't. I couldn't immerse myself in the in the story so much. Oh well, okay, uh, fair enough. Um, and and those of you listening at home, going, what the hell is Olympus has fallen? Well, I'm going to tell you what this movie is. Uh, it is disgraced former presidential guard Mike Banning finds himself trapped inside the White House in the wake of a terrorist attack, using his inside knowledge. Banning works with the national security to rescue the president from his kidnappers. It's a long sentence. Yeah. Um, but that's an actual legitimate uh, um, plot Explosion. summary. Yeah. Good yeah. job. Although, it, although you finally except, got one right. Yeah, it's not that weird blurb. No. Um, disgraced is a strong word. I don't. Yeah, I, I never I, thought I it didn't was really disgraced. Like yeah, it, it. Yeah, disgraced again. So. This is what happens when you listen to this podcast. We're going to spoil the crap yeah, we'll out of this spoil movie. spoil it, yeah. Um, so the president's wife dies in the first three minutes of the movie, which is a shame. My quote, I actually, in my notes, I actually wrote, uh, you should never waste an Ashley Judd. Um, which, by the way, on a personal note, I have physically run into her. Um, I, I live in Charlotte. And, did did um, you apologize? Did you, did, yeah. Oh, you beat you me to it. <laughs> did I apologize? Yes. You ran into her? Uh, if there's a the, joke there somewhere, I'm not getting it. You said you physically <laughs> run into her. Yeah. So we well, yeah, like, like, ran into so, like you hit her while you were walking. Yeah. Fully you. closed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Anyway, we don't want an incident like the last. I didn't. One. I didn't know if there was some like, joke from like a movie that she did or something. I was racking no. my brain. I'm like, well, that's not from Double Jeopardy, and that's not no. from. Uh, um, well, she's from around here, basically. No, she's not. She's from Kentucky. Uh, close. Relatively. Anyway, uh, we, the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, was in town, and I was uh, working an event, and I came around the hall and literally like walked into her, and I apologized, and oh, I had forgotten how. Actually, you always think when you see people on TV, you have no idea how big or tall they are unless they want you to think that she was a very small woman, but uh, very pretty uh, in real life. But anyway, I was so sad when she died in the first uh, three minutes of the movie. But that doesn't make Gerard Butler disgraced. No, um, no, he he had no choice. Right, you know the Secret he, Service protects the president. You and know, I, felt, I kind of felt like that was one of the only points in this where they actually followed protocol, and or what my understanding <laughs> of protocol was. Sure, okay, fair enough. That's like his main point. job is to save the president. That's his yeah. job. Yeah, and then and did they get know, a deer? Was that what they hit? No, the no, tree branch tree fell. fell. Tree branch. Because they I, did some stupid um, force, you know, foreshadowing of a tree creaking. 
Yeah. And they, they, for some reason, they made this tree seem evil. I don't know. I, I guess I got that from the movie. I'm like, yeah. why? It's not the tree's fault. It's just it's snowing. There was a lot of foreshadowing going on in the first three minutes of the film. Yeah. 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 I'll say this. Granted, the CGI in this movie is horrendous. Yeah, parts um, of it. Parts of it are absolutely horrendous. And then they tease you with some good stuff every now and then. Yeah. That you're like, but, man, this whole thing could have been so much better. Yeah, I, I really I'm watching this going, okay, this CGI was was would have been acceptable in the nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it really not, was watching a nineties action flick. That's it really, really is. this was. Uh, yeah. Um it just with um it was smartphones. Um so uh, I really liked, really, really liked the relationship between Gerard Butler and the the president's son. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a genuine relationship. Uh, Gerard Butler took a genuine interest in the kid's life. He's not just a guy standing there to protect the president. He's not just some stupid, you know, st- soldier. He genuinely cares about this family and their well-being, and that's what makes his character so fun and great. And I'm and we're going to compare this movie a lot to Die Hard, but I also want to compare it to the movie that came out three months later, which was White House Down. Yeah, see, I watched I, that movie. That movie doesn't. I can't. That movie sucks compared to this movie. Yeah. To me, and is it the character development? I haven't seen White House Down yet. The, but the, uh, what I really appreciated in this one was even the the smaller characters have little quirks, or you know, it's not just a you know he's the stupid scientist, or you know. That's not just a typecast. There's little, I don't know. They're well rounded, a little better in this one, and for the it, most part, for the, it for the characters we care about. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't take much to do that, but a lot of directors aren't doing that nowadays with these types of movies. Right. They think, you know, let's get them to the battle scene, let's get the bullets flying. That's all people want to see. Right. But this one, you know, raises the stakes. You care, you know, when he when he's fighting some of these folks, you care that he's going to win this this fight. Right. And of course, you know he's going to, but. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't want to keep going back to the, I'm just going to put this to, to, to bed. Uh, at least I think I will. White house down was is a better production value. It has a better, it looks better. It's got better CGI. They, they clearly put more money into it. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Foxx as an action, a legitimate athlete playing a president is fun. Channing Tatum sucks in that movie. <laughs> He's real bad. Um, He's, I don't know how to describe it. And I can't buy him as the action hero. I know he did G.I. Joe, and I know he's done some action stuff before. But in that movie, I, it doesn't work. This movie, I buy Gerard Butler as Secret Service, former Navy SEAL or whatever he was. Yeah. And you not know just because he's been in 300 and other stuff like that. But um, what were you going to say, Corny? I was going to say, it's because of other movies I've seen him as an action person that I could buy a little bit more. Because I've very... For some odd reason, I can't just believe Gerard Butler to be an action movie type of person. It's really weird, and I know he's done 300, and I know he's actually done other things where he's fought people, but I just can't. Normally, I could put my head around. I'm going to turn your I'm going to turn your own argument against you. You you watch Die Hard. We love Die Hard. Before Die Hard, Bruce Willis was a sitcom guy. (laughs) Yeah, but we totally buy him as the cop. That's that's whatever. Yeah. I will say so, this. I didn't know Bruce Willis in that life before Die Hard. Nah, the first enough. time that I saw Bruce Willis was uh, in Die Hard. Right. 
one, Actually, one bit of a, was in Die Hard 3. And then, yeah. <laughs> one bit of a difference in my mind, though, is Bruce Willis wasn't every man in Die Hard. Right. He, the, you know, he's Gerard, just a cop. Yeah, Gerard Butler is more than any man. Yeah, um, he's, he's Even Superman. in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, a, a couple of things I noticed that Gerard Butler had. Not only was he pretty much impervious to all bullets... Uh, only knives hurt him. You notice that? Only knives hurt him, but bullets, whatever. Uh, he was also clairvoyant. Did you notice that there was a couple of times where he just knew where the bad guy was to shoot? Yeah. Um, through like the wall and, or... Yeah, like yeah. he shoots, like one guy comes up the stairs, he grabs his gun and shoots him in the head and then just reaches the gun around without looking and kills that guy. How did he know there were two coming? <laughs> and maybe only that, two. Maybe that was part of his training. Like he maybe. knew that... There were so, there were some there were so many of them, and that this is probably what they were going to do. And he just played on his instinct. And I buy that. Yeah. I buy that. You go in two man teams. I'm going to kill the first guy. The second guy should be right behind him. I buy that. But it was throughout the whole movie. I kept thinking, like like when he finally finds the kid in the hidden wall, mm-hmm. he like he knows that the other guys are about to shoot. I mean, he even counted down for the bad guys. <laughs> He's like, okay, we're going to go and. Three, two, and as soon as he hit one, they started shooting, and he got up and ran and shot at them and hit one guy. Yeah, the wall. <laughs> through the wall. Um, so, but I'm totally fine with that. Like, I'm totally. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm see, into that. You I, know? I just, I, you're making me notice it, but you're right. I don't care. Um, yeah, you know, in my mind, it's like okay, he is well trained. He's he's overly trained, not only yeah. as the Navy SEAL but as the Secret Service agent. And like you said, he would. I don't know. He would be able to anticipate some of that kind of stuff. I guess I. I, I think just, what I need. I think what I need to do is kind of clarify my original um, idea behind my thoughts about this. Like the like the first. I think mainly the first, you know, forty minutes or so was kind of and eh, not really buying that. But once you get more of of Mike's character and this and this you know super commando type guy. You know, I, I bought into that, and even even the part where he's interrogating those guys, and like, which I bought was it, awesome. Which, <laughs> which I am, I'm, I'm that whole scene. I'm, I'm saving for my quote. So don't any of you losers do that to me. <laughs> don't worry. So, <laughs> but um, but I bought into that. Like I could buy his character, not so much the situation, but I bought his character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And th- well, they had to right. get this- him into that situation, though. You know, they, they, the story has to be there for him to be able to do this. Well, of course. And let me be the first to say I love the way they did it. I love I love the way they. It was multi layered attack on the yeah. White House. Yeah. And it, it wasn't made- just it wasn't just some crazy people in the in the Oval Office all of a sudden get the president. It was it had to be planned. It Which had to is be how perfect. White House down is. Yeah. It had to be. You know, it, I thought it was it was fun to to watch it unravel as it did. weren't you, weren't um, you watching this thing going? There's there's got where are the police? How can they not stop? Yeah. Like you, you're sitting there like screaming at the TV. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all like these moments that that that, that the, the bad guy's plan could be foiled. Yeah, I've got a whole page of notes on that. <laughs> well, we can get to, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, certainly, we'll get to notes. I I, I took a, a bunch of notes also. I, I do want to do this first, real quick. Let's just. We've already mentioned Die Hard. I really want to explain to people who have not seen this movie, and I don't want to, again, you should definitely go watch this movie. But yeah. if you've seen Die Hard, we're going to take these two movies and we're going to put them side by side and do a comparison. 
All right, so Bruce Willis, so you got uh, John McClane and Banning, okay? John McClane has a bad marriage. Banning has a bad marriage, okay? We they don't go, know that. The we bad, do know that. They're having trouble. They're having trouble. He doesn't want to talk to her. He wants to watch the news. He's got, he, he's got issues. He has issues. All good heroes have Flop. home issues. They yeah. all do. They're better at their job than they are at home. That's, that's a okay. trope. Not a bad trope. Again, and when we talk about tropes, not all movie tropes are ruining the movie. Sometimes <laughs> you need the trope in the movie. We just like to point them out. So he goes, he's, he's doing the thing he doesn't want to do. Bruce Willis's case, he's going to go to L.A. to see his wife, even though she should be with him in New York. In this case, he's working at the Federal Reserve because of a thing that happened. There's your kind of little bit of a difference, whatever. Yeah. All of a sudden, everything is happy, normal. Then the bad guys come in and take the thing. Die Hard, it's the bank, it's the building. In this movie, it's the White House. Which How is also a building. <laughs> right. How they do it, yeah, I get that. How they do it, it's a little different, obviously. Mm-hmm. They have to, yeah. um, and Alan Rickman is a much more charismatic bad guy than was his face. Uh, I, I can only ever picture him as the bad guy from that stupid Bond movie where he had diamonds in his face. Oh, yeah. Um, that was the really bad one where all the Jaws? C- they used CGI. No, no, it was, no, uh, it was the Sky it was the, thing. It was uh, the last one that used Skyfall. Pierce Brosnan. Oh. So this, they were using the sun as a laser or something like yeah, that. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and GoldenEye. No, no, not Goldeneye. GoldenEye was actually the good one. Um, um, oh, 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 tomorrow is not enough. That's the second one. Tomorrow never dies. The world is not enough was the third one. Tomorrow never dies. I thought it was a die another day. There, yeah, there that, you go. That's, that's it. Yeah. One with Halle Berry. That uh, movie yeah. is horrendous. It is. Yeah. Pierce it is. Brosnan surfs a tidal wave. Okay, let's just. Yeah, yeah that movie sucks. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> yeah. So then you take your your hero and you have him fight through these very levels of of bad guys. Um, to to get to the ultimate goal, and you have all these again multiple situations where Bruce, you know, Bruce is his kryptonite is that he doesn't have shoes. <laughs> okay, in this, in Olympus has fallen, his quote unquote kryptonite is he has to get the boy out. That's kind of the one of the big differences. There's two. I think there's really two differences. One is the boy. The other main difference to me is the ultimate goal. In Die Hard, the ultimate goal is to think that you have died and you robbed the bank. In this movie, they want you to think that they've died, but they actually want to kill the country. Yeah. So that, to me, is your twist. Everything else parallels the same. And and he still gets to kill the bad guy in a really cool way. Stabs him in the in the in the in the head with a knife, like he said he would. Um, so th- these movies are just. I mean, I really think that the director Anton Fuqua. Fu- whoa, whoa, whoa! Easy, hey, easy. Hey, hey, okay. <laughs> I know. I know I, if I if I get too too excited, I'll have to uh, put the explicit tag on. Um, I think he watched Die Hard before he directed this movie. But again, hey, dog, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't care. You know, it's yeah. it, it's one of those movies that Die Hard works, and the formula behind Die Hard works. Yeah. So why not use it again? Right, and and movies have done this since Die Hard and before, but Die Hard became this thing that which we actually relate to. Yeah. Meaning, there are like you're like you're watching an episode of a TV show, and you go, "Oh, this is the Die Hard episode." <laughs> you know, you don't say that about Lethal Weapon; you say it about Die Hard. 
You know, you, uh, Corny and I love the show Leverage. There literally is a Die Hard episode in Leverage <laughs> to the point that the hero actually says yippee ki before they switch over to MF. Um, uh, so, uh, again, love Die Hard. Speaking of which, I bought on Blu-ray this weekend. The, the, the four movie, the fifth one doesn't count because it's terrible, but the four movie Blu-ray set for 20 bucks at Best Buy. Just saying. Anyway, uh, I want to talk about the director for just half a second. And we're I done. Like the, I like the director. <laughs> <laughs> like di- good one. I like the director. I thought the movie had good direction. Again, the CGI is horrific, but mm. I don't care. I'm yep. okay with it. Again, I'm literally – I just pretend that this movie was made in 1998 as opposed to 2013 yep. because this CGI was just it's, under like what The Rock did and stuff like yeah. that, like that CGI. Like even the, even the elevator going down to the bunker, I, mm-hmm. you look at that and you're like, oh, yeah. come on. Oh, that just looks bad. Th- there was a lot of that stuff. But this, yeah. this, this director – let's just talk about a couple of movies he's done. Tears of the Sun, which is a Bruce Willis film, yep. is a genuinely good war film. Um, uh, Shooter, I love Shooter. Mark oh, Wahlberg, yeah. Guy versus the World. I mean, it doesn't. I don't get think I've seen that one. That's a genuinely yeah. fun movie. Mark Wahlberg gets accused of assassinating the president, oh, Lord. and he has to go on this series of whatevers to basically beat the CIA. Which, how do you do that? Um, with Danny Danny Glover is the bad guy. Danny Glover's a bad guy. Yeah, I kind of spoiled that a little bit, but you find that out pretty early yeah. on, so it's yeah. not that big a spoiler. And and just let's I'm not to spoil this, but in Shooter, Mark Wahlberg uses a 50 cal sniper rifle to take out a helicopter. Huh. It's pretty badass. Anyway, he also did Training Day. That's big another good training. movie. It's a great movie. Um, so. This guy's got some chops, and I think it actually showed a little bit on Olympus Has Fallen. Mm-hmm. I think, um, again, it's it's that, I don't want to call it a dumb action flick, but it's that popcorn-in-your-mouth action flick. Yeah. I was actually eating chocolate-covered macadamia nuts that my aunt from Hawaii gives me, but same thing. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, you know, I always, I watch movies because I want to see something I've never seen before. And, like I said, I love the assault on the White House with mm-hmm. the... The bomber coming in, even as unlikely, Chad, as that is. Oh, totally um, unreal. But, uh, you know, they just from, you know, to think of, well, they're going to shoot it down. How do they get out of that? Okay, well, you know, what's the purpose of this thing going around D.C.? And, you know, what is it setting up later on? You know, and, and just the, the view of it hitting the, the Washington Memorial and, you know, crash landing and then everything else going on there. It just – I. I think what happened is that he made a movie that could be could have been very claustrophobic within the White House, right? And it almost turned it epic. And uh, you know, you throw that word around a little bit too loosely sometimes, but you know, it just it made the scale bigger, bigger than yeah. that. And and I appreciated that; it was fun. Yeah, uh, to 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 kind of piggyback off that and to what Chad talked about earlier in the first 40 minutes it, it, for the first 40 minutes, there was some pretty kind of unbelievable moments mm-hmm. that, that C one thirty um, retrofitted with the miniguns in the, in the side that doesn't exist. Just saying. And um, that, that 
I, I guess I just have a hard time thinking that. <laughs> can we, before you go on, can we please talk about the accuracy of those guns? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I swear, you know, I, they must have had a lot of in the, in the budget for blood splatter. Um, on people you, you on the know, ground, you know, they were I, strafing fire, but it was hitting every single person you could see had some sort of a bullet hit. I will say this about the bullet hits, the actual quote unquote carnage of, of the, of that. Um, I think the director took a, a different route and all of the bullet hits on the ground were CGI. Oh yeah. Um, there were no squibs, uh, cause squibs are expensive. Um, because I was noticing that when they were getting hit, this is this is me again. I've worked on a couple of movies where we've actually used squibs, so this is the nerd in me watching, going, "Hey, that shirt's not getting ripped. It's just <laughs> a red mark on the shirt." Yeah. Well, when a squib fires, it actually destroys the shirt, which is the point, and it gives it that accuracy. But um, yeah, he used a lot of yeah, he used CGI the hell out of that. Oh, yeah. Right, man. Those miniguns <laughs> with those two, and I genuinely thought the first time I watched this. That those two pilots were robots. Yeah, yeah. they looked perfect. <laughs> like I thought they were mannequins, and they both and they looked at, they would look out the window to the right the same way, and they'd look out to the left the same way, and no one was aiming. Did you yeah. notice that he would just yeah. grab this stick, and then these miniguns would shoot F twenty twos out of the sky? Which again, no, no, okay. no. First of all, they don't fly in that formation. Yeah. By the way, yeah, you knew that, right? They would, yeah. You're not going to fly right next to the guy. No. Uh, I, one I think always he, flies behind the plane. One flies next to it to get visual contact with the pilot. And I think, I think one more thing. If I, if this movie were to happen pre nine eleven, and before two thousand and one, I think right. it would have been so much more believable. But I mean, after after nine eleven, I mean, I mean, oh come on! Like we're going, <laughs> that play, like, that play, like we're not going to notice this. We're not going to notice this this huge plane flying in over the Chesapeake Bay, and no one no one bothers to do anything about it. But until let it me gets ask you this: into downtown DC. Well, no, Go you, ahead. Didn't like, you didn't like Red Dawn, did you? No. No. Okay, never mind. I was going to compare it to the Russian invasion of Colorado. Was it or was it Michigan? Well, the original, I think I, I think I said yeah. the same thing then too. Yeah, no, here's here's, and I want to talk about this in a second. I want to actually get pretty real with this in a, in a second. Um, uh, my initial thought of is, how in the world are we gonna? How do you get a C one thirty like that to to in attack here? DC? And and I just kind of have a feeling like like you just said, in this day and age, even what twelve years now past nine eleven, I have a hard time believing that if anything gets within three feet of that 20 mile no fly zone you're you're not getting shot down but you're getting i I got a feeling you're going to send more than just two f-22s and it's going to take longer or less time than another 30 minutes to scramble another one yeah like it felt like forever before they got another one up there to shoot it down it just seemed too long um I, i to me that that to me that kind of did a dis- disservice to our military and mm-hmm. their ability to protect our airspace. Again, I know it's a fictional movie. And they had to somehow get the story rolling. That's the yeah, thing. You, you know, how else, assault. yeah. How else could you, you know, basically I, in my mind, the mission of that plane was to take out the people on the roof of the white house. If, uh, you, if you watch to, it, you see it, take out the people on the roof and 
cause mass confusion, chaos. Right. It's hopefully slowing any kind of approach to the White House. Right. And you need to get the president in the bunker. Well, that's that was yeah. where I was going to go right now. I mean, you got to get the president in the bunker. But the whole thing stems on the fact that the president is breaking protocol because they actually say this is yeah. beyond this is this is not protocol by taking the prime breaking the, the South Korean prime minister and his deep security detail right. with yeah. them. So all of that's based on him going off script. Right. Yeah. The entire plot, the, their entire plan. Is based on that, yeah. And here, here's my next question, uh, and I want to kind of go back to this other thing. If let's just say they said we got to get you to the bunker, and he says they're coming with us, and he says it's not protocol, and it doesn't matter. And then two guys step in front of those guys with weapons, and they take them to another location. Does the rest of the plan still happen? You know what I'm saying? Do they still invade? And at that point, what happens? The president's safe in his bunker. You're going to attack the White House. Eventually, you're just going to die. At that point, there's no no reason to – communication couldn't have worked at that point. Right. Between the inside and the outside. Right. Anyway, it's just a a funny moment. But you're right, Chad. The the whole linchpin of of the movie is based on the, the president going off script. Here's something I want to go back to. I want to take about a minute and a half here to, 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 to ask a real legitimate question. 13 years, 12 years have passed since 9-11. Are we okay with destroying the White House in a movie? I think so. Are yeah. we there? I mean, yeah, I'm okay the movie with it. was made and it made money. Um, we, in 2012, they made that horrific 2012 movie where we destroy everything. Um, but that's, that's just a generic thing. Um, well, I think one I think to to kind of add to that is, you know, we've I think we've come to the point as a society where terrorism is is part of, you know, is part of our society now. It's right. part of the world. And and I think that we've kind of I won't say evolved to this part where we're, we're not emotionally numb because I still think of I still think of 9-11, you know, pretty much I know exactly where I was. Um, so for me to see that, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable, but it's not to the point that I am appalled by it. Yeah. Okay. I think it's different too. Um, you know, I still haven't seen the movie. Was it flight, uh, was it 715 or flight 93? Flight, thank you. Flight 93. I just can't get bring myself to watch that yet. And there's a few documentaries on on 9/11 itself that's just like, hey, I don't think I want to watch that. Yeah, I but, still haven't seen the Nicolas Cage film World Trade. Yeah, so, or uh, Loud and Extremely Close. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and stuff like that. I just, I no, thank you. But you know, I maybe because the White House was never hit. Um, you know, and it was more our emotional focus was on New York. Right. And on the the twin towers and the gigantic skyscrapers coming down, the Pentagon certainly was hit, but it wasn't as impactful as as the as the twin towers. And don't forget too, you know, as much as we, you know, I don't want to really upset anybody with this, but the twin towers were a ton of innocent folks, yeah, right? people just doing their own business. You know, the Pentagon was military, and certainly there wasn't all military, but you know. They have a not a legitimate uh, chance of getting attacked, but you know they're in they're in harm's way. They put themselves in harm's way, 
the White House is maybe kind of on that line. I don't know. I I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't even think about that, Opie. I, I didn't even. I didn't even. It didn't cross my mind. I, I I will say this: the first time this is I, I for the podcast. This is just my second viewing. The first time I watched it, watching that plane fly over DC, shooting the hell out of people, I was instantly kicked back to nine eleven. Watching planes do harm, mm-hmm. and I and I thought to myself, huh. I wonder if this is the reason why this movie didn't do super well, is because of that, is that people still have this image of planes. Um, as weapons. Um, And when they are, planes are weapons, this was not a commercial airliner. This was a military vessel that they somehow, it was an American vessel or American plane, which still pissed me off too. How do they get all these American weapons? That drives me (laughs) crazy too. But anyway, um, so I'm, uh, and and people, if you're listening, don't send us your emails of your conspiracy theories about (laughs) 9-11. I don't care. That's not the point I'm trying to get across here. I just kind of, I just wanted to have that dialogue about whether or not I felt that we were there. And I think we're okay with these action flicks doing these, these types of things, as long as they're respectful, I think of people's emotions and, and how, um, certain things are, are portrayed. The only thing that bothered me in this movie that way is that they portrayed our military as kind of inept. Um, and now I know you have to have that trope that, in order to have the hero, all the other military and cops have to be kind of dumb. They have to kind of suck, and I get that. Yeah, um, I think I think that they really hit that home, like to the point of I think that they overdid it. I mean, I have in my notes right here. We get it. There are a lot of dead people, and they just keep panning to these this mm-hmm. the, the the lawn in front of the White House. I mean, all these dead yeah. bodies just kind of sitting around or lying around rather. Yeah, it's they like, showed that a lot. Like, yeah. We get it. Um, so, 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 kind of going on a, on, a, on a lighter note after that. Um, <laughs> that, was kinda, that was kind of yeah. deep. I, I did want to go there, though. I did when I was thinking about this movie. I wanted to, to do that and have this conversation about that. And it's good to have these types of topics, even on a, on a dumb podcast like like ours. Um, I will say this, uh, slightly changing the mood. Um, Pre nine eleven terrorists are all cartoon characters. Have you ever noticed that? Look now. We are now past 9-11, especially now that we're this far past. Go watch True Lies. That terrorist is a cartoon. <laughs> He's screaming all the time, and all his idiots are firing guns in the air. That's what we thought of terrorists before 9-11. These kind of – I don't, I don't know how to explain it. They're cartoons. They're, they're character, caricatures of themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like – um, look at the, 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 the bad guy in Executive Decision, who's also an Arab terrorist. He's this kind of frumpy middle-aged guy, but he's the guy that will, is willing to kill his own men to succeed. Um, like, I just, Well, think about, uh, even as, as funny as it is, um, World, uh, sorry, uh, Team America World Police. That right. is a great example of what, you know, all of our old movies used to say about terrorists and and things of that nature, but terrorists today are just, in our minds, are sophisticated and barking. And, right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they dress in suits, and you don't know who they are until they've already killed half of the people in the room. Right. Right. Um, so I, I, I just, yeah, I thought that was just uh, kind of funny. Uh, oh, darn. 
Um, we need to sort for that little break. Um, where the hell were we? Uh, Olympus <laughs> has fallen. Um, I don't even know what we were talking about. I guess I can go back and listen, but I'm not going to do that. So, uh, some notes that I took. Um, we've already talked about some of them. Uh, bad CGI. I really enjoyed the relationship he had with the kid. Uh, never waste a good Ashley Judd. Um, if you want to use, if you want your music to sound patriotic, just use a lot of drums, <laughs> a lot of snares, a lot of and solo trumpet and solo, solo trumpet. trumpet. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I kept um, waiting for a little quote of taps to come out here and there. To be honest with you, yeah. One of the most impactful moments in a war movie for me was uh, at the end of We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson, and he's staring at the uh, the memorial, the Vietnam Memorial. And all it is is a solo trumpet, and it tugs on your heartstrings. Uh, so yeah, um, I, I liked the soundtrack. I thought it was actually very '90s actioner. It, it sounded like something Hans Zimmer would have created back in '97. <laughs> you know that very da da dum da da dum da da dum. You know very, um, very percussiony. Very had a Bruckheimer-y sound, uh, which again I'm totally great with. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I wrote, um, it's kind of a funny moment. He had to remove his sunglasses to see the flashback. You guys remember that when he's, he's, <laughs> oh, in, he's the, in the car, yeah. he gets in his car, he, he takes off his sunglasses and then he sees the flashback and then he puts his sunglasses back on and drives away. I, I thought that was funny. Uh, um, uh, I also then wrote, I'd vote for two face. Uh, so obviously I'm talking about Aaron Eckhart who. Was Batman, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd vote for him. Um, I will say this: I, I got IMDb pulled up, and they've got the poster. I'm staring. I've been staring at the poster now for the last 38 minutes, and you would think that Morgan Freeman was more the star of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny he's, how that works? He's like he's Gerard Butler is the hero, and yeah. he looks like he has the least amount of of image. Like like it's. Morgan Freeman. I can't do a Morgan Freeman, but he's like the front yeah, of this bad. thing. And, and the funny thing is Gerard Butler's name is not over his head. Yeah, that's a that, thing that bugs me a little bit. <laughs> that's a new thing. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but that's a new thing on movie posters nowadays where they put just they just throw the names up there. They don't actually put it over the You know, I mean, do you think they just did it alphabetically? That's what I'm looking at actually because it looks like it went, you know, B E F and that would be you know, Butler, Eckhart, and Freeman. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that, or maybe it's by uh, who got paid the most, or... That's uh, weird. I, I, I don't know, but... Um, uh, some, some of the things I notes I wrote down. Um, uh, uh, any aircraft on the White House. Is that pro- real? I don't know, but I, I kind of think that's kind of a cool idea. Um, <laughs> <It> kinda, <laughs> at first I was like, oh, that would never happen, and I thought, you know what? I would... I could imagine that, uh... you know. So if you, if a if a bomber flew over the White House, he would get a roll of one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I put on there yeah. like, is there only two AA guns? Are we playing Axis and Allies? What? Yeah. <laughs> and if so, <laughs> I uh, use tanks. Then the, the, I actually had uh, I, I watched this movie in sections. I watched half of it yesterday and then the half tonight. So most of my notes are from the beginning part of yesterday, and I took a few from. Uh, from today, but uh, I put, why do the Secret Service keep pouring out of the White House like a video game? You guys know that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have it written down in my notes here. No one knows how to turtle. I mean, 
come on, that's basic, you know, basic strategy 101. Yeah, I just thought it was weird. Like, they got these 50 cows outside blowing people away. Like, if I'm in the White House and I look out the window, which I think most people, sound, intelligent people would do, and go, holy cow, there's a dump truck with a 50 cow aimed at me. I'm not going to run out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, that just seemed real dumb. Um, uh, I, I also wrote... I knew Dylan McDermott was a bad guy in the first scene. <laughs> when when the president and, and Two-Face are boxing down the ring, and, and then McDermott gets up on the stairs and he goes, it's time. I'm like, he's a bad guy. You don't put him in the movie to be an ancillary good guy. Character. Or, yeah. He has to be something. And I'm like, oh, he's going to be a bad guy. And he just has that smarmy bad guy look to it. He really does. He's kind of like... He's kind of got the Hans Gruber look without the beard. Right. Uh, and then he capped it off um, with him smoking. Only bad guys in movies since basically 2099 smoke. 2099. that. <laughs> um, but pretty much that's how you identify someone as a bad guy is they smoke. Um, so, yeah, of course he smokes and, and then Gerard Butler kills him. Now, I will say this. I thought that the bad guy flip was a little weird. And I mean that as in this guy, Dylan McDermott, spoiler. He, he's, he's the inside link. He's the same. He's the, that guy in Air Force One that opens up the, the weapons locker. He's, he's the guy who's willing to sell out his country and his present for what we assume is money. And he gives this long, impassioned speech and yelling at the president of – you're worse because it costs you. You spend more money, or you got more money to become president. And I only did it for like this long impassioned speech. And he's ready to go kill Gerard Butler because for some reason we don't really know why. Like, like it doesn't make sense. Why is he so angry at Gerard Butler? Um, it's never. It's not like Gerard Butler beat him for a promotion. And he has this weird secret anger towards him. He just, for some reason, at the beginning of the movie, they're buddies. And then later on, when it's convenient, he hates him. You know, and he's ready to go kill him. And then he doesn't. And then in his dying moments, he regrets his decision and then helps Gerard Butler out. I thought his whole character to me was kind of, not pointless, he had a point, but I, I didn't care about him, certainly. Um, yeah. I just thought, I don't know. I just like, like not to be all weird and whatever, but like his motivation to me never made sense ever. First it's about money and then now it's about principle. And it's like, make up your freaking mind, either be a good guy or be a bad guy, but don't, I mean, he did, he did a 360. came right back around to the front. So anyway, <laughs> um, uh, some dumb trivia I found. Uh, I, I didn't find any fun trivia. The only thing I found was Winona Ryder was the studio's first choice to play the first lady. Um, I'll take Ashley Judd any day. Uh, but she would have been your Star Trek connection smacking me right in the face. I don't know if any of the other main characters were in Star Trek. I assume that every movie has someone in Star Trek. But um, uh, Movie tropes. We haven't talked about tropes yet. Not really. Um, ooh, ooh, oh, ooh, pick me, oh, pick Chad, me, Chad, pick me. Chad. 
Why is it that when we're having anything that takes place in Washington, D.C., we have to have the obligatory, you know, helicopter pan of, you know, the, the Capitol building, Washington Monument, uh, and Lincoln Memorial in right. every single movie? Yep. <laughs> it's, 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 in the, it ha- it's, in, it's in Hollywood law. <laughs> and, you know, time of day. Now, I get time of day. You know, something's going to happen later this day, later today. But right. but that's how we that's our that's our our screen transition from yeah. scene to scene. Yeah, the the uh, the, the over information. You have to keep telling us what time it is. Why do we care? It's July fifth. <laughs> Does anybody they're like? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it why it doesn't matter because oh. it's after Independence Day, right? Like, and they talk gonna, about and they talk about t- uh, taking holiday. Like, who wrote the script? These are Americans. <laughs> when was the last time you heard an American say, "Oh, did you have a good holiday?" No, right. I did, Governor. Yeah. No, you say, "Did you have a good break, or did you have a nice trip?" Or well, Butler you... is Scottish, so right. Well, but the then, director isn't. And then it happened in the very next. It happened in the next scene too. First of all, it was the wife who said, "Let's go on holiday. Right, Let's take a holiday." And then in the very next scene, Janet, the the like the one of two. Uh, African American people in the in the vid- in the movie. Yeah, Washington was really white for some reason. It happens. She yeah. said, "You know, did you do anything over holiday?" Angela Bassett, right? In that, that is. Yeah, she was great. By the way, I liked her. Um, anyway, just saying. I'm done. Oh, good. No, <laughs> you're, you're right. I mean, um, uh, uh, yes. Uh, Troops. The the. Um, yeah, that, that was weird. It was weird wording. Um, I, I, again, I'm, I'm, why does July 5th matter? I think it would have been cooler to make it July 3rd. And then by the time it's July 4th is when he saves the day. That well, that's, makes, when the, that's when the aliens show up. I know. It's when the aliens show up <laughs> and Bill Pullman has to do his speech on top of the air. You must go that. faster, must go faster, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Jeff Goldblum does his weird thing and Will Smith punches an alien in the face. I get that. You know, that's happening next door. But anyway, to me, I don't know why I'm stuck on July 5th. It just literally smacked me in the face, and I'm like, whatever. Uh, Tropes. I put, see, I wrote down good guys always have family issues, die hard, uh, lethal weapon. Um, Oh, this trope is uh, so prevalent, I can't think of any more examples. Oh, uh, Um, one-man armies always have to have a short name, Mike, John. John. Martin Riggs, but you call him Riggs. So. Riggs, yeah. Riggs, getting too old for this. Yeah, go ahead, Chad. Ooh, um, the hothead. Sam, you still with us? Yep, still here. Oh, okay. I just didn't... Like the hothead uh, four-star general. You don't need. You don't tell me how to run my army. I know how to assault the White House. Blah blah blah. And then all these forces get slaughtered. Okay, yeah, that was another thing that really yeah. bothered me. Is that you're the pinnacle of of your thing. You're the the highest of high as far as. I guess he was Marine because they were, I guess they were me or their Navy SEALs, whatever they were. He's the highest of highs. Why is it in movies do we assume that generals are all General Patton and they just run straight into things? <laughs> like that always seemed really dumb to me. Yeah. You know, you got a guy in the White House saying they're using this super new technology, which to me was just a gun, but whatever. They're using this new hydro weapon 
um, that they stole from Captain America. Hey. <laughs> Hail Hydra. And, and he goes, oh, don't worry, we can take it out. Like, you really? You just completely ignore that fact? That just seemed really dumb and short-sighted. And then my second complaint on that is after Gerard Butler took it out, why couldn't they send in another team? Did you run out of Navy SEALs? Is there no one else in Washington that can do that job? Did they run out of helicopters? Like, I, 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 I literally wondered that. Like, why send in another team? Now the thing's blown up. It would be real easy at this point, but they don't. I mean, I know they shot that guy on the TV, but at that point, what else do you have to lose? I mean, he's, <laughs> he's killed most of his hostages at that point. Um, and then I put uh, my 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 favorite trope of this movie is the tough choice trope. Ah, yes. We talked about it earlier. Uh, Gerard Butler has to make the tough choice. Do I save the president or Ashley Judd? Personally, I'm going after Ashley Judd. Sorry, Two-Face, but just saying. But in the movie, obviously, you have to save the president. Um, And that's in other movies. Uh, uh, One of my favorite examples of the tough choice isn't actually made by a human, is in the movie I, Robot, where Will Smith's character is um, in a car accident. He's underwater, and he's about to die and a robot comes in and saves him but there's a a passenger who is a child who dies as a result of the robot making the logical choice the tough choice to save will smith and not the child um uh, which is actually a really great moment in a in a pretty good film i think uh so yeah the tough choice trope I, i i really like that trope actually i genuinely do oh the uh oh can i add choice type of thing can I add yeah. to that? I mean, this is another reason why I couldn't get into the whole, why I couldn't wrap my brain, or couldn't be immersed by it, was that what whatever happened to the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or the one. Yeah. I mean, you've got, we have this in the Constitution, we've got this set of rules. I mean, we don't, if the president's not able to do it, and the vice president's out, you know, the Speaker of the House become president, it's business as usual. Mm-hmm. So, and then the United States does not negotiate with terrorists. Okay, then why do we need to, you know, create World War Three or, you know, you know, betray South Korea and whatever else, right, to save the president? Did they never resolve that? Did they? No, they didn't. No, at the very end, they mentioned, you know, oh, get uh, Seoul on the phone and 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 Pyongyang or something like that, but. Right. That's it. That's how they resolved it. Yeah, you're right, Chad. You're 100% right with, with that. Um, uh, hey, thanks for bringing Star Trek into this. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Um, I, every, every film needs a little Star Trek. You're, you're 100% right. It's the same thing in Air Force One. We're gonna, we have to release this guy because Harrison Ford says we must. And uh, you're 100% right. We're going to let possibly millions of people die. We're just assuming that when the U.S. pulls out that North Korea is just going to invade South Korea and become a united country again. Um, that, that's the premise, right? That's what, that's what yeah, we're right. expected to believe. So I know you're the president, but you're just one man. Um, 
So, but again, it doesn't make for a very good film if Morgan Freeman goes, "Sorry, Mr. President." <laughs> no. See, ya. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. You, hey. you know. <laughs> good luck with yeah, that. that. That uh, yeah, this is this is really awkward. See, because now I'm president, so yeah. we're just going to really nuke the house. So. And I think I'd, I'd vote for Morgan Freeman before I'd vote for uh, Two Face there. Uh, well, babe, well, you better get busy voting or get busy dying. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw what you did there. Um, no, yeah. So, so uh, any other fun, uh, any fun tropes you got? Oh, I, I've uh, I've got the uh, because because of its base on. Um, uh, die Hard. I have the. You have the one guy's like, well, can you trust this guy? He's already in there, but can you trust him? Isn't he the guy who got kicked off? You got right. the the uh, the. Well, it's, it was Deputy Chief Dwayne uh, from right. Die Hard, and uh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And you got to get him to trust him. And then I also be, oh also with that, I took the. Um, he, he gets he gets a walkie talkie, and he's able to talk to the outside. Right. You know, and uh, people were trying to tell him what to do and, like, <laughs> keep your head down and he's going to go, but, you know, stand down as a direct order and he's like, yeah, kiss my ass, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't work for you. Yeah. You're right. I That that same trope that we talked about, I think, uh, this is only episode two, but we've done a couple other ones just as test movies that we've watched. And it seems like this happens a lot in these kind of military-type movies where – you have these militaristic quote unquote know it alls that keep trying to tell what the people on the ground what to do. And it, it's it's kind of a weird it's a weird thing. I don't know it just to me it seems backwards. You know, I'm not in the military, none of you are either. Uh, I have friends in the military and I, I would actually be genuinely con- like to question, you know, Go to my buddy David, who is a Navy pilot, and say, hey, David, if you're in a situation and your commander tells you to do this thing and you said, I'm looking at this thing, this is what needs to happen. Are he's just going to yell at you and tell you to do the other thing? Like, like, I know it's the military and they have rules for a reason. It just seemed – there was just seemed so much ineptitude on the hierarchy. Even when Morgan Freeman screws up by sitting in the, the choppers when Gerard Butler told him not to. Um, anyway, uh, I, I didn't have any more tropes. Uh, this, this movie actually, though, is a good action flick, and I'm sure there's more I, I just can't think of right now. Uh, was was actually pretty devoid of the painful ones. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Another good one with the uh, the, the hero always has a wisecrack about everything he does. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. That was that with that that great one liner. I didn't steal this from you guys for later, but it was the uh, how about we play a game of uh, yeah, <laughs> shut yep. the f up or what does he say? I can't remember what it is. Oh, yeah. uh, f off and <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I will say this: this one actually kind of I literally rolled my eyes so loud that my wife heard it from the other room. Is when they're dragging the speaker, or the woman, uh, the deputy, whatever she is, Secretary of State, and she's screaming the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I I thought that was actually really cheesy, over the top. So, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, I, I think uh, all in all, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it with this. We're gonna I want to do a little thing, at, in, uh, something extra at the end of this. So I want to kind of go ahead and wrap this thing up. I had a ball with this movie. I think Gerard Butler is awesome and a badass, and I want more movies like this with him in it. 
I want to see him do stuff. I don't want to see him be the rom-com with that Captain Heigl chick. I don't want that. I want more law-abiding citizen, which is an awesome movie. I want certainly more of him in How to Train Your Dragon 2, which comes out next year, which I'm super excited about. Voice acting um, doesn't count. Um, right, voice acting. But he's still a great voice actor, and I think. you know He's just got a cool <laughs> voice. So I, I, that's, that's what I want. Um, so to, to just kind of wrap this thing up, I thought, I thought Die Hard with the White House, 2013. Go watch it. Pretend it's 1996. Um, uh, Bill Clinton's still president, and we're still yeah. an economy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so just just go have fun with this movie. Like seriously, this is a ball. Um, I, I I'm going to go back one real quick thing, real quick thing, and then I'm going to wrap this thing up and put a bow on it. I genuinely liked how he kept messing up their plans. Did you notice <laughs> that? Like in some movies where. The bad guy lays out everything works perfectly until the end. The very last thing where they forget about whatever. Mm-hmm. But this seemed like every step of the way, he kept screwing them up a little bit. Like during the initial invasion, he killed like 20 of their guys just yeah. during the initial wave. And then when he gets inside, he goes around taking out bad guys and he gets the sat phone. And um, I, I had a conversation with some of the guys saying, all the door locks and the codes and stuff are the same. Let's just pretend that they're all the same after 18 months and he's no longer part of the president's detail. He's still Secret Service, whatever. But then they, they, I don't know, like like the scene where they take the, the secretary lady and they're going to go out front and the plan is to execute her on national TV. And Jarbar just shows up. He happens to be at the right point to snipe to, and kill the, the guys. Like, it just seemed like he was ahead of the game. And to me, I really enjoyed the fact that all of their plans kept effing up. Like they couldn't <laughs> ever get it right. And I really enjoyed that. Um, I thought that cause it seemed more genuine cause it's not going to go perfectly. Yeah. Um, and I just realized that they never really resolved the machine gun dump trucks. Did they? Like, I mean, like well, they I, showed I, up and then they stopped. Yeah. I noticed at one point they had closed them up again. When I when I watched it the second time, because I, I thought about that too. <laughs> so, I never thought about that. It's all right, like, guys, we're done. All right, I'll see you next why week. Why would cool. they need to close it up? I'd I'd figured they'd stand out there and shoot the hell out of the army that shows up. Yeah, see, that's what I thought the point of them was was right. to establish a perimeter, right? You know, with some some heavy high, uh, firepower. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Not so th- um, so all that being said. Um, um, uh, so I'm going to, I ask the question every week, um, uh, you know, a, a rating system. Um, so I'm going to ask this of you, Chad, um, what, uh, out of 10 spark plugs, what would you give this? I'm going to give it a solid seven spark plugs. And I like your friend. He seemed like, he seemed like a funny guy. <laughs> Is that your quote? That's my quote. Yes. He's a nice that 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 like quote unquote friend. torture scene was hilarious. Um, I know where Americans and torture is real taboo right now, um, with waterboarding and and things like that. And if you want to see some awkward torture, legit, go watch Zero Dark Thirty. You will, you'll be real uncomfortable. That really movie makes you real uncomfortable with torture. Uh-huh. They legitimately waterboard some poor soul, and you want to drown with him. It's awkward. And they put them in a box, like 
six foot three man. They put him in a box the size of a computer. It's horrific. Um, so uh, I, I like that though. Good job, Chad. Uh, <laughs> that's a good quote. That's one of my. I, I, I did like that one. It made me laugh. Hey, Fred seemed pretty funny. Uh, saying what you got? How many out of what? Of, out of what? Uh, this one actually, uh, it's an eight for me. Eight uh, spark plugs and. And just so you know, it, you know, it takes 15 minutes for your armed forces to reach the White House. We took it in 13. <laughs> right. Nice. Uh, Corny, what you got? I'll, uh, I'll give it nine insurance agents out of 10. Oh, wow. Sorry, sorry, sorry about the house, sir. It's okay. I believe it's uh, insured. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, and you, Ope? Uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of something uh, clever to, to put this into perspective. Um, I would probably give it, yeah, seven and a half to eight. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything clever to say. So I'm just going to say seven to eight. (laughs) Yippee-ki-yays. Limos sliding on frozen bridge. Um, Obviously Don't going you think too she fast. could have survived that fall, by the way? It, only it landed like on the roof feet. and sank. But it, I don't know. It, just, <laughs> it kind of seemed like they could have gotten down there. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so uh, 11, uh, or I would give it an 8 Ashley Judds out of 10. Um, there you go. And my quote, uh, it's not as funny. Um, I just like the quote. It's He gets the walkie-talkie or the radio and he says, I'm here, sir. Use me. <laughs> and that, that to me is... It kind of personifies who Gerard Butler is. He he's a weapon, and he knows that, and that's what he's comfortable at. And I like that. So, <laughs> go watch the movie now. Uh, I'm going to turn things a little different, uh, even though this is only episode two, so we don't we have a norm. Uh, but normally, I would ask you, what are you guys watching right now? And you would tell me some interesting thing that you're watching me. However, I don't really care what you're watching right now. Um, yeah, I, I want to talk about 2013 just for a minute. We're going to do your quick top three. I gave you guys a heads up, so hopefully you wrote something down. Top three movies, TV shows, and apps on your phone or iPad or other device. Um, so we're just going to go around the table. Apps. Chad? What you no, I took that from you. Start start over. Start over. Uh, sorry, I had a hiccup in recording. Say it again. Oh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Clash of Clans. Okay. Uh, Candy Crush. Yep. And iOS 7. It's yeah, an app. Not bad. Okay. Like it, it. it runs everything. It's right. close enough. Sure. I'm with you. Hey, I'm smelling <laughs> what you're cooking. There you what go. you got there, Corny? Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, and my... for, those of you that, for, for those who have no idea, Corny is anti-Apple, um, so therefore he's communist. Uh, so continue. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> uh, let's see. Actually, I'm going to go with, um, I guess, to counteract uh, Chad. Uh Windows 8. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Boo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, also, SkyDrive as a alternative to uh, Dropbox. Right. And uh, I liked it better when they called it the cloud. Well, I know. Whatever. And then uh, at work, uh, we use a, a system called uh, Spiceworks, and uh, it allows us to um, Add time see what ticket... And- you see our tickets and whatnot and do them quickly, but uh, it's, it's an app on my Android phone. I switched, and uh, I, I, I love it. So uh, and I'll say Spiceworks for uh, IT. All right. Sam, what you got? 
And and again, this is the qualifier to this is these don't all have to be new to 2013. Yeah, these are just things you discovered in 2013. Yeah, I I definitely discovered uh, Candy Crush. The iPhone. Yeah, I, yeah I, I did too. Yeah, Sam just gets the iPhone done. Yeah, yeah, iPhone. <laughs> that's new new for here. Um, but I also uh, Zeit, which is a personal magazine. The more you read certain articles, the more uh, they send you more of those. So that's kind of cool. And then, um, ah, golly, uh, <laughs> that's about it. I haven't had my iPhone all that long, so I, I don't. Fair enough. I don't know a whole lot of, of uh, apps. Well, my my top three of 2013. I'm going to go real quick. Candy Crush, of course. Uh, another game that Chad and I played the hell out of was called Kingdom Conquest Two, uh, until we both got basically kicked out. Um, and then <laughs> number, number one, um, uh, my my disclaimer is that I actually discovered this app the Christmas before last, like. Technically, it was 2012, but it was only like three weeks left of 2012, so I'm sticking in 2013. It's an app called JL Audio. It's one of the coolest free apps an audio nerd could use. It has uh, SPL monitoring, um, real-time analyzer. It's all these things that's really good for someone who, like me who's actually doing real-world audio applications. Uh, so uh, JL Audio, there's your free plug. Please sponsor us. Um, uh, uh, TV shows, your top three TV shows. Again, these are not new to 2013. Not to be just what you discovered. I'm just going to go ahead and go real quick. Um, uh, unfortunately, I haven't really watched a whole lot of new shows this year. Most of the shows that I watch are stuff that I have since watched. Um, so my top three are uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I <laughs> just keep waiting for that show to get great. And I they think keep, you'll get there. I think so too. The second the second part is coming up. I saw it being taped on my DVR tonight. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I, I'm really. I just keep waiting for it. Uh, Last Man Standing came out two years last year. This is its second, third season, but uh, I didn't discover it until last uh, January. It's hilarious. It's Tim Allen. It's Tim Allen being Tim Allen, and it's great. And I just enjoy the hell out of the show. And number one, and I think might be. <laughs> The same for probably Corny and Sam. Maybe not number one, but Arrow. Uh, I can't uh, talk enough about this show. Yeah, I just, uh, I, it just, I get so freaking geeked out when I think <laughs> about this show. I want to go watch more of it now. And, and it fact, keeps getting better. It keeps fact, getting better. It's just, it's amazing. Last week, I even went back and rewatched the pilot just to, <laughs> just to do it. Uh, Chad, what you got? Um, I'm going to go with uh, I know another one that's been around for a while, but I'm just now getting on the bandwagon. Doctor Who, right? Okay. And I've just I've never seen a single episode. I need to. Uh, you you need to. It's on Netflix. Um, but uh, I th- actually, Megan's getting into it. So wow, I, I, I know. Which means Kimberly will get into it. Which means maybe we'll actually watch something together here at the house. It's but, it's actually pretty. Um, it took it took a couple of episodes, but I think that I'm getting her. We're getting her into it. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, another one that's been around for a while, but we're just now getting into it. Um, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, is, uh, <laughs> yeah, is getting better with age as well. Is getting better with age as well. I think yeah. so too. Yeah. Um, and then as as for a third one, um, that is actually. It's about all the TV that I watch, to be completely honest. Um, um, I'm more into the podcast idea. Um, 
uh, getting out and learning what else is out there and uh, sponsoring the, you know, getting uh, supporting all the all the local, you know, podcasters out there. Right. Okay. Well, good for you, Corny. What you got? All right. So uh, the first one is actually not TV, but it is something I've been watching. Death Battle. I kind of mentioned it a couple of uh, test yeah, episodes ago. Right. But uh, I just, for some odd reason, it's just the idea of my, you know, childhood memories uh, fighting to the death uh, excites me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? Uh, and and oddly enough, um, while it's not about the same subject, uh, Archer, uh, the cartoon right. uh, spy, uh, I, I realized it's awful, but it's hilarious. And uh, it's, a, it's a dirty little secret that I watch it. And then, uh, of course, uh, as you said before, Arrow... Holy crap! Holy crap! It's Batman with a bow, and he kills people. It's awesome, yeah. and I, I I can't wait for the uh, new season to start. You guys notice that there's been a trend like the last three or four years that archery has become the thing. Uh-huh. You know, you got uh, Hawkeye like, and Avengers, you got Arrow, you got Brave, you got Katniss. Katniss, like being being you know good in a bow and arrow is just the thing Legolas. You know, Legolas. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Sam, did you go? Uh, no, not yet. Um, go got a couple of honorable mentions here. Um, uh, the Walking Dead. I'm I'm a zombie lover. I love right. those zombie films, so that's a lot of fun. Um, my number three is actually Arrow. Uh, okay. Where, uh, like you said, beware when you get into it because you'll be up till two or three watching the marathons of it. Uh, number two, Game of Thrones. Uh, oh yeah. It. Absolutely Ooh. brought it this past season, and uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody well, out there. But it is well, in, in, in game though, changer. You, but Sam, you've been watching that for two years. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm not talking about just shows this year. I mean, like shows you discovered this year. That's the point. oh discovered this year. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, then that that narrows it down. Definitely new error. to you to 2013. New to me. Um, number three spot would be uh, the League. It's a comedy on right. FX. It's on Netflix. Uh, watch it, but it's not safe for work. For sure. <laughs> um, uh, then, uh, you know, uh, of course, Arrow. Uh, but my number one new show that I fell absolutely fell in love with this year is Breaking Bad. Uh, I was a late bloomer coming into that. And, Still uh, never seen a single episode. It is yeah. absolutely amazing. <laughs> so well written, so well acted. And the story is just out of this world cool. It's just it was an amazing TV show. And sometimes applicable to real life, right, Sam? Huh? Uh, yeah, sometimes yeah. applicable. Yes. Uh, I actually have an honorable mention too for TV. I discovered in 2013. I, I watched about the first nine episodes and then just put it down. And I need to pick it back up. Was Battlestar Galactica? Never watched yeah. it when it came out, and uh, I really enjoyed it. But I just I got wrapped up. Actually, Arrow kind of pushed that time slot out of my my day. Uh, movies, uh, top three movies that you saw in 2013. Again, they didn't have to be new in 2013, just that you saw for the first time. Go, Chad. Uh, Hobbit. Okay. Uh, which one? The, the, the first one. Smog? Oh, the, okay, the first uh, one. We'll throw both of them in there because okay. um, it was after the first of the year. So The Hobbit, The Hobbit, and uh, Catching Fire. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Catching fire for sure was a, was a surprise for me at least. Yeah. yeah that was that a genuine, was. that was actually a really good movie. Uh, uh, Corny. Well, actually, I 
I really don't have any movies other than uh, The Hobbit. Um, everything else I've either I've known about or you know we've watched in response to the show, but I really didn't watch anything new in 2013 that I'd never seen before as a movie. Pacific Rim. <coughs> Pacific Rim. <coughs> ah, yeah, but... Yeah, that movie kind of sucked, so... Yeah, yeah it kind of did. <laughs> um, uh, not Iron Man 3? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a continuation of other Iron Man stuff, and it's... So? You know, it's still in my, a new movie. It was. In 2013. I did, but I didn't love it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, well, then... All right, fine. Um, Sam? Um, Hunger Games was actually at the top of my list in terms of movies that I was very impressed with. Um, I almost put Man of Steel, but it's just teetering right there on would I watch it again or not, you know? Uh, Believe it or not, I took my two-year-old to it, but I loved Frozen. It was it was a heck of a lot of fun. That was a yeah. fun little movie. And it was, I've, I've heard great things. It was a, a fun thing to go to with her. Um, but, uh, you know, the Hobbit movies were okay. They're fun. They're, they're popcorn eating, but nothing nothing like Lord of the Rings where I'll go back and watch it in awe. Right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, those, I guess those are my big two, and that's kind of scary. Hunger Games and Frozen, my, my two movies of the year. Well, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I was actually really having a hard time with this because there were so many movies that came out this year that I enjoyed the hell out of, but yep. there weren't really a whole lot that just smacked me in the face that said these are quote-unquote great films. Yeah, uh, 2013 was a good year for movies. 2012 was, I think, a great year for movies. Had a lot of good movies. 2012, 2014 is going to have some really good stuff. Uh, 2013 was pretty good, though. Um, I, I guess top three. I, I wrote, I wrote three movies down, and uh, I, I might change it. I don't know. Catching Fire was great. Uh, yeah. if it, it probably top three. It was great. Um, uh, yeah, I, Catching Fire was awesome. Number two, I, I wrote Star Trek Into Darkness. Now, um, I didn't just write that because I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I legitimately like the movie. There's a lot yeah. of Trek fans that don't. We can talk about that on a podcast if we want to one time. Um, uh, as a movie, I think it, it works. It holds up, I think. Um, it's still too new. Um, we can debate that with other Trek nerds some other time. Um, but one that might actually uh, kind of come out of left field, um, I enjoyed the hell out of Oblivion huh. with Tom Cruise. That movie, I was completely surprised on how much I liked that movie. I thought it was just going to be kind of a weird actioner with Tom Cruise, and it's got some intrigue, and it's got Morgan Freeman, and it's got some some twists that I wasn't expecting, and... And it's got. Um, I really liked Oblivion. It's not huh. my top movie, but um, I think honorable mention would be Iron Man three, just because I had a good time with that. But uh, so yeah, so that that was fun. So yeah, so 2013 in a wrap. It was there was some uh, some great things that happened in 2013 uh, on a personal level too, on, for me as well as for you guys too. You know, um, you know, Sam had a daughter born, and um, what I got, new, I got a new job. And, <laughs> Yeah. Well, cool. Well, great, guys. Um, that was fun. I, uh, normally, we tend to do a, what you're watching, but uh, I just I wanted to do that uh, for just a few minutes. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. It's been uh, it's been an hour and a half. So let's or hour fifteen. So let's wrap this 
this puppy up. Um, special thanks goes out to uh, – is there anything else? I'm not missing anything, right? I'm not forgetting anything, right? Oh, yes, I am forgetting something. What are we watching next week? Corny. We are going to watch um, The Hunt for Red October. Yes. Really? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's news to me. Great. <laughs> we, we, we talked I about thought we were watching 13 gone. Assassins next week. Oh, we, nope. we can do that. We can we do that if you want. I don't care. Corny, you, you make the schedule. You pick. Okay. Well, The Hunt for Red October. The Hunt for Red October. There you go. That was very Scottish. Well... Um, Play my best, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. I I I can't wait. I I I really legitimately enjoy that movie, and I think it's the best Jack Ryan film until I see Jack Ryan come out on November seventeenth, uh, which or ja- January seventeenth, which my wife and I already are going to go see. Uh, great, Hunford October next week. Can't wait to to listen to Sean Connery fake a Russian accent. Um, yes. And Alec Baldwin look really skinny. Yes. Um, yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. Everything has a sh at the end when, you, when you're sh- speaking with Sean Connery. Um, uh, well, great. Um, I'm ex- very excited. Uh, well, special thanks goes out to Sight and Sound AV uh, for providing, um, well, pretty much my AV gear to, uh, to do this. Uh, you can find them at sightandsoundnc.com. Steve Everett provided our bumper music. Uh, check him out at Steve Everett. Dot net. That's Everett with two T's. Dot net. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cheap seat reviews. Um, leave us a comment uh, on Facebook. Um, let me know what you think about whatever. Follow us on Twitter at cheap seat cast. Um, and, and please send your emails to cheap seat reviews at gmail.com. Your requests. Um, once we actually start uh, posting these on, on iTunes and people actually get the chance to hear it, then we'll actually read <laughs> emails um, on, on air. the air. It'll be, uh, it'll be cool. So yes. look forward to it. Yes. Um, well, guys, uh, on, on for, I guess for, for Chad, for Corny, for Sam, and myself, thanks for listening. Have a good night. And um, go shoot somebody. Oh, no, no, don't go shoot somebody. No, don't go shoot somebody. No. Uh, go protect the president. Yeah, don't do that. Go, yes. Go, yes. go knife a North Korean. Make it snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs>